Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to brunch. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Just, you know, feel like a new man. Pretty good. Real good. Yeah, man. We riding with Biden. Here to get some brunch. You know? Yeah. We're on board. You know? What do you got for me? Oh, well, the special today is uh, Maga Chud Tear Bloody Mary. Um, can I get you guys a picture of that? Yep. That'd sure. be great. And I'll take and a tax breaks egg Benedict, please. I like uh, some BLM steak and eggs with uh, Tabasco, extra Tabasco. Hot sauce. And for you, sir? Uh, I'll take what he's having. Great. How about a cup of Joe all around? Cup of Joe all around. Oh, that sounds great. Did you guys hear about Prop 22? Props. I don't know how to feel about that. Mm, Prop 22. Fuck Prop 22. Mm, Prop 22. Uh, 22. Oh my gosh. They just fucking Uber and Lyft spent so much fucking money to change like to make a new category of worker, right? I mean, from from what I could tell, this is what workers want. This is what Lyft drivers want. I had a single mom text me a picture of her own face and tell me that she want she was an Uber driver and wanted this, and then I looked her up and she was an actress. It was really surprising. Uh, Shocking. I think I think Prop Twenty Two might be the worst thing that happened this year. For those of you who don't know, it basically cemented app based workers as uh, I, don't, I don't want to use the word slaves, but like I want to say like gilded age employees. Basically, right? They're still classified as independent contractors. They basically struck down uh, AB5 or whatever bill that was that was going to actually protect them. Y'all know how much money Uber and Lyft spent? I believe they outspent the opposition by 10 to 1. I believe it was around $200 million spent by the app-based company. Opposition, I believe, got together around $20 million. Even with all that? It barely passed at 51.3%. Barely passed. I'm sighing very deeply right now. I like. I understand that the airwaves are bombarded with this crap. What was really annoying was the fact that it seems like the main, the main resolution of like the George Floyd uprisings was that corporations and various lizard Democrats are using like language of social justice. Ah. Uh. Now. They're like, wow, you want to hurt minorities who drive for Uber and Lyft? And it's like, jeez. Wow. You want to take away their liberty to set their own hours and be their own boss? Shame on you. Yeah, it was definitely a low point in this past election, especially here in California. And knowing that, like, within this prop, it was to change it needs seven eighths of the fucking legislator legislative branch to change it and that's never going to happen so or another proposition yeah but we don't have 250 million dollars that's the whole thing another proposition it's like that's we lost that battle already against capital right i know i know yeah it's like now we're in a position with worker rights where we are with rent control because basically like costa hawkins is just the big wall preventing us from getting like real rent control all across California. And now prop 22 is going to stand in the way of not even getting new like workers rights, but like getting back to where we were with workers rights prior to prop 22. Um, 
and yeah, it's it's it just. I think it's a pretty big referendum also on Californians' conception of, of themselves as workers. Well, speaking of Costa Hawkins, uh, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation decided to light more money on fire this year with Prop 21, which did not pass. Big surprise. For some reason, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation keeps putting like doomed rent control ballots, uh, putting money into doomed rent control ballot initiatives, and this one went the exact same as last year. It crashed and burned, unfortunately. And Prop 21 was the repeal of the Costa Hawkins rent control effort in 2020, right? Right. Would have would have allowed uh, cities the ability to finally get some stronger rent control measures on the books. And these props aren't looking too good this past year in California. What else we got? Prop 23? Yeah, Prop 23 also failed. Uh, in- so interestingly enough, I think maybe... Part of this was rela- well. It was always it's always related to money, right? Um, mm. But part of this, I think, is that Prop Twenty Three is is one of the more nuanced ones. It's actually so it's related to the regulation of dialysis clinics. And actually, one of our comrades in our chapter, a family member of theirs, died in a dialysis clinic recently. Um, but for those of y'all that don't know, dialysis clinics, dialysis as a treatment, is one of the few socialized medical treatments in our country. Socialized by Richard Nixon, everybody. So if you're a Republican out there, that uh, whose immediate reaction was like, God, socialism. Hey, Nixon did it, all right? Blame, blame the Republicans. Um, but because of that, it's just like a cash cow for all these private corporations. And because of that, it, it's actually not well regulated. So that's what Prop, Prop 23 would have done. It would have required doctors to be on site. Got you. And made it safer for people getting dialysis which is like socialized medicine that part is socialized so it's like a steady inflow of government cash no doctors on site and people dying in facilities dirty nasty facilities i mean this kind of shows right what happens if you have i mean effectively like there's a single payer system just for dialysis treatment in this country right and it shows the danger of like if you do a single payer system you still have these like privatized ghouls like implementing the care like they will stick you you know like you can't have like single payer and then like oh but private corporations got all the money and it works out fine you know it's a profit motive like that's the thing it's the profit motive and profit motive is okay when you're fucking trying to sell a trinket but if you're trying to sell like dialysis and clean somebody's blood like the profit motive obviously should be taken out of it yeah, if, if I need dialysis, I can't be like, oh, well, I, you know, I'll go without it. Can't do that. Exactly. And this is a way of like, yo, know, people say healthcare is a human right. It's like, fuck that. It's not like human rights. It's like, yo, the government has to make that happen. Like, that's the point of the government is to make shit like that happen and exist. So if it's the government doesn't provide it, then it's not a right. Then it, you know, I can't really exercise my right, whether I'm a fucking human or not. So regardless if I have a pulse and I'm a fucking homo sapien, I need an institution to make sure that these things happen. Just like institutions make sure we got fucking guns wherever we want to go. You know, if you try to stop selling guns, an institution comes in and says, no, you can't do that. This needs to happen. It's not because I have a fucking pulse. It's because that institution made up by us says this needs to happen. And until that happens for healthcare, we're in this fucking profit motive system that's fucking killing people. This shit, like, 
Davida and what goes on over there. Yeah, it's fucking grim. So not to further blackpill everybody on direct democracy in California here, but uh, Prop 15 did fail, unfortunately. Uh, so it's so disappointing. And I know that, you know, Jordan, you and I, we, we did phone bank for Prop 15. For folks outside of California or maybe listening in California that weren't so tuned into that, um, Prop 15, what it would have done is it closes a property tax loophole on wealthy corporate and industrial landholders. So you might be like, well, who was that? Uh, for example, Disney, Chevron in the in in the Los Angeles County area, a bunch of different oil companies have refineries, giant plots of land. They're paying like negligible taxes on. Um, so this would have closed those property tax loopholes and the money was earmarked for California schools and California cities. So we're really talking about like losing out on billions and billions of dollars for cities and schools across California. Yeah, I mean, in California, ever since Prop 13 passed and allowed not just corporations, but homeowners to just basically dodge all property tax, uh, our education fell from like the best in the country in the 70s to where it is now, which is like, we're like 48th, we're like way down there. Um, this is just like further austerity and just allowing corporations to run wild. Like, honestly, I think this is one of the biggest losses of the whole election is like, you know, Prop 15 was by no means going to, like, fix all our problems, but at least it was going to give us, like, you know, we were going to be fighting over bread rather than the scraps. Right, exactly. And, and to like, it is a huge loss. My um, sister has two kids, and they have to raise funds. And by they, I mean the parents at the school that her kids go to. They have to raise funds among the parents to get things like a science lab. We're not even talking about extracurricular activities. We're talking about a critical infrastructural piece like a science lab and this is a process that is repeated throughout all of california communities pretty much where uh the the parents need to foot the bill for things that need to be included and should be included through the public coffers and yeah as like you said jordan it's not going to fix it overnight but it would start to remedy the chronic underfunding that california schools have experienced for like 30 years 40 years Man, all this talking about how stupid California voters are is making me thirsty. Where's that waiter? Hello, gentlemen. How's the gel? Eh, I've had better coffee. Yeah. Honestly, I, it, I it seems better. more bitter to me than everyone else, seemingly. All right. Well, while we're on the subject of bitter, what's going on in L.A. County? Funny you should ask. Uh, L.A. County is bitter, but... It's a little sweet because we got Measure J passed. For y'all who don't know, Measure J took like 10% of the general fund and it's going to... I think it's going to uh, diversion programs, youth counseling, just like a bunch of stuff that's going to like put less people in jail and like divert them from the mass incarceration system. Social services, basically. Honestly, this is what we wanted in Long Beach. So I think this is a pretty big win for the county. It's a huge win for the county. People knew what it was, what it was, and they decided to vote for it. Finally, some fucking progress around here. Right? Yep, that's right. Not, not exactly coming directly from the police budget, but uh, it is a host of programs that will ideally undermine the security of the carceral state and uh, the prison state in L.A. County. So that is very positive. Yeah, part of the campaign, the co-chair said, it's because of what happened during the uprisings that they were even able 
to get to word it the way they wanted to, and then that people were on board with changing things. So, dude, that rocks. Right? The uprisings did something. It's that inside out strategy. Yeah, we want to get people elected, but also outside pressure can make some sort of changes, you know? Possibly. Yeah. It makes the space. It makes the space for uh, allied electeds to push, push a little bit. And we can't forget that Jackie Lacey is gone. See you, chump. Jackie Lacey did go. Hey, Jackie Lacey went. Yes. She's looking Later, at Jackie. She's looking right up at us right now. Yep. And again, inside out strategy. Fuck that. Outside in strategy. Because BLM identified the target, came up with a plan, and executed that plan over years. Over years. They were protesting. Three years. Protesting outside her house. Every wow. Wednesday, right? For like three yeah. years? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's laborious. That's tedious. But it's for this reason. To get the hashtag going. To get people aware that this is part of the system. To analyze the target. What it is. The power analysis. Where it's at. And what they could do to affect it. And I mean, that became, that became a refrain. A typical refrain. Jackie Lacey must go. Mm-hmm. Jackie Lacey will go. Jackie Lacey is gone. Right? That's a huge win. Huge yeah. win. BLM really pulled out the win with that one. And her replacement, uh, George Gaston, uh, he's pretty good. I mean, he's no miracle, but he uh, is a... Shit. Huh? He ain't shit. I spoke to him personally. Right. I interviewed the dude. Yeah. 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 Okay. I interviewed the motherfucker. Uh, a huge point of contention protesters were protesting outside his house and somebody threw something at him and he got up all in their face and didn't back down and said when i challenged him I'm like yo dude you're an elected official like you're not under no one's gonna kill you no one's like gonna harm you you can't react that way he's like oh yes i can he's like and i would do it again it's like yo dude like that makes you look horrible makes you look unhinged not like a leader why would you do that? Well, you can't challenge me this way and don't expect the reaction. It's like, oh, really? It's like, come on, man. That's the way he sees things, you know? I mean, what, what provokes the reaction? Maybe, uh, maybe you got to think uh, and do some reflection about why, why did someone feel compelled to do that in the first Actually, place? Why are they even at your house? <laughs> yeah, that is a little suspicious. Why? Yeah, even at your house. Well, I guess. Okay, let me rephrase. I don't mean he's great, but my point is that I heard that he's actually opening up six investigations into wrongful shootings in LA County, which isn't nearly enough. But he has opened up one that happened in Long Beach, so that gets me excited. At least that we might be able to, you know, put some pressure on a few of these terrible cases that have happened in the past four years. And he's having a public meeting with BLM his first week. Yeah. Not to sound like an incrementalist, but certainly sounds better than the I wave my gun at BLM protesters no. lady. No, incremental <laughs> improvement. Yeah, yeah. Incremental steps work. We need the incremental steps. And the incremental step of Gascon, we'll see what happens to realize, oh, we need more. He's just like another body camera. Like, 
Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Next. Can we hold them accountable? Well, speaking of two steps forward, one step back, uh, unfortunately, the campaign we were all very closely involved in, uh, Fatima's run for Assembly District 64 in the Compton and Watts area uh, was unsuccessful against Mike Gibson. Fatima Iqbal Zubair, which was immigrant, a teacher. <laughs> I'm rent- going into the phone banking script. <laughs> She is. She didn't die, Vic. She just yeah, an election. She is. She is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was tough. It was definitely a tough one. Like, huge loss. Almost double the vote count. And, yeah, race in place matters, especially over there. But I still think Fatima has a chance. She's already running in 2022. Oh, yeah. I think, I think um, Fatima still has a good chance. I hope that there's a little more strategic diversity that we're able we're able to engage in mm-hmm. um i think you know we'll get to the ne- the ne- our next talking point but there's other example examples uh i think and also you know just room for creativity also because i mean the people that got behind fatima it's a very diverse coalition of organizers there's a lot of people power in it um i think that in 2022 there could be a lot of opportunity to try try new things yeah, and like I was thinking, like you know, we're climbing a hill, right? We're climbing a hill, climbing a long mountain. I mean, a tall mountain, and Fatima is like leading us. Now I realize Fatima was just leading us to the mountain. We were never actually on the mountain, climbing the hill. We were just going towards the mountain, and now we got to the mountain, and we can't even see the top of it. That's how massive it is. God, that's the oil money behind fucking Mike Gibson. Well, I mean. It was crazy in this election, just like, you know, Fatima did a lot of things right. Um, but, you know, her opponent, Mike Gibson, had so many millions of dollars from the refineries. He sent out so many mailers. That district is like so impoverished and like not very accessible by phone calls or online. And we couldn't do door knocking or tabling. So it was like she improved on her primary margin. But unfortunately, the deck, the deck was like totally stacked against us and the fact that like I'm bummed about it. I want to fight again, but it's just like, it, it just sucks. It's kind of a microcosm, you know, of like American corrupt politics. Yeah, definitely a microcosm. Weak ass Democrats, man. That being said, Weak I don't regret thems. doing any of it, you know? Of course not. No. Because, like, fuck Mike Gibson. He's a fucking monster, dude. Yeah. Yep. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. And I look at 2022, we got the foundation going into it. We can get, we can get on board sooner. Yep. We can work harder sooner. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I'm still, I'm still feel it. I'm looking at the long game here. Yeah, a lot of movement politics is, uh, you take a few swipes at the apple. It's not just one time. Like, we, like we rarely win on the first try. Speaking of winning on the first try, go up to L.A. City Council. Nithya Raman defeated David Rue. I'm Bernie Sanders, and I approve this message. That it was. Uh, the Bernie endorsement versus the Pelosi endorsement here. And Hillary. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fucking huge. Huge. Huge volunteer army, which I was a part of. They did lit drops, door knocking, phone banking, lots of energy out there. And they changed the zeitgeist in fucking L.A. Straight up. There's no other way to say it. Shit is different now. Yeah, that campaign was huge. I mean... 
If only we could have gotten Hillary Clinton to endorse Mike Gibson or something. Like, talk about an anti-endorsement. Like, Nancy Pelosi and, uh, you know, Hillary endorsed uh, Nithya. That was just, or Nithya's opponent. And I was just like, oh, that's where that race is going. <laughs> Kiss of death. For real, oh, dude. Uh, Again, a microcosm of, like, the fact that, like, progressives have, for the most part, been kicking ass. And then, like, established, like, neoliberals are, like getting their ass kicked exactly people people want to move away from the corporate dems pretty yeah. pretty clear it's so clear it's so clear and now we're talking about outside in strategy she's the in she's the in on the council that everybody knows on the council where she came from how she got there so they're already going to be changing the way they speak they can't approach her the same way they approach david rue so things are going to change. And it's up to the organizers to keep people honest. Nithia comes in good faith. So everything will wait and see, but I'm very, very happy about that. Hey, it's an exciting result, but I think the other part of it is like not just keeping her honest, but also supporting her, right? Like, I mean, we saw here with like Janine Pierce was an organizer, D different situation, right? Not elected mm -hmm. by like a big group the same way but like Janine Pierce was an organizer that got to the Long Beach City Council and got fucking destroyed because people kind of Obama abominated her by just being like alright good luck bye because she never really had like a core community support you know right and I would I would say that she didn't really cultivate it either that's true too yeah so I think hopefully Nithya I think has bucked that trend oh yeah she definitely did Yo, we've been here like fucking 20 minutes. Where's this fucking waiter? Where's my food? This fucking cup of Joe sucks. Turning into a boomer here. Garcon, coffee. Oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, here, here we are. Uh, I have uh, your food here. Um, and uh, you guys are from Long Beach, right? Yeah, yeah. We're you local. local here? Yeah, we love coming oh. down to Pine all the time. Did you guys want to get some some tea as well, or uh, maybe some hot sauce for your? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You had asked for Tabasco. Are you sure you don't have it in your purse? Oh, let me let me let me check it out. Let me see let me see what uh, hot sauce I got going on. And and we will we love sipping tea. Give us some of that tea too. Yeah, we'll take some tea. I'll check my purse for hot sauce, and <laughs> I can't even stop. <laughs> Hot sauce in the purse. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I totally, that threw me off. <laughs> Speaking of Pine Street. <laughs> that's fucking it. Uh, you know, we've all seen that uh, Pine Street, as we're at right now, all the places are open up again for uh, brunch. But I'm, I'm sorry to announce that they brought in the T-1000s from the Terminator movies uh, because City Allen has won District 2. So it is now officially under military occupation by. Ah uh, 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 no, way actually, one. No, District Two is going to be one big Airbnb. She's an Airbnb <laughs> super host, and she's going to take those skills, bring them to City Council, and just transform the whole second district into one big ass Airbnb. Ah, Cindy Allen, welcome to Long Beach. And uh, the post will give them great advertisement for free, hundred percent. A little okay. context. A little context. We got fucking some history with this. Uh, Robert Fox 
was running against Cindy Allen in the second district in Long Beach. Robert Fox is a real estate mogul, fucking neo-lib piece of shit, online troll, big voice online, talks a lot, but basically he's after the, the capitalist interests, landlords, realtors, right? Cindy Allen, former cop, former friend of fucking Robert Garcia, they started the Long Beach Post together, a media company, started the Long Beach Post together. Long Beach Post is like a big newspaper in Long Beach. She doesn't own Under the anymore. shell of an advertising corp. Exactly. Thank you. Can't forget about the fuckery. Well, let's just be clear. She, she didn't start it with him. He started it with somebody else. He sold it after becoming a city council member to her. She uh-huh. had an advertising firm. Yeah. And it became part of the advertising firm completely. It was not a paper. It was an arm of an advertising firm billed as a yep. paper. Fucking A. And then take all this and handpicked by Robert Garcia to run in the second district and won. Yep. Like that shit is just embarrassing. Being on the left in Long Beach, like there was no opposition, no viable candidate to even like put up there against this fuckery. Well, there was. Um, we, we tried. We tried to affect the discourse. We went down to campaign office, called them out. Cindy Allen, that is. Yeah, there was a, you know, we did bring a pissed off crowd of people down to Cindy Allen's office in March, uh, right before the pandemic, actually. And we basically drove her campaign underground uh, and, until the pandemic, which in case, which case it went even more underground. So I'm <laughs> shocked she even won, to be honest with you. Well, Robert Fox is not loved by many. Yeah, he's like a classic asshole. But, you know, I don't like him. But I will say I am kind of disappointed that we got you know, Cindy Allen is going to be the puppet of the POA. She's going to be the puppet of Robert Garcia. It's going to be an organized neoliberal front. If Robert Fox had gotten in there, sure, fuck him. But he would, I genuinely believe, cause chaos on that council. And, like, you know, he's talking about cutting the overtime of cops and stuff. Like, he's by no means our friend. But, you know, at least things wouldn't be so tranquil and, tranquil and peaceful on the council. Yeah, like, that's right. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Like, status yeah. Yeah, exactly. Status quo. I think I think probably one of the reasons why Robert Fox didn't do as well as uh, is because his complete just like refusal to engage in respectability politics, which I feel is pretty big in Long Beach. Yeah, it still is. Like you can't even say fuck Biden at a rally without like a couple libs. It's like, come on, man. You know, honestly, right. Good. Take your take your stupid kids and get out of here. If you you wanted us to. If you wanted us to be boosting Biden in our rally. I think just to step back a little bit, the District 2 race, uh, Dr. Eduardo Lara did actually run in the primary. Um, and I think he's a good cautionary tale of, you know, he was fairly progressive. He's a professor at CSU Long Beach. Honestly, got a great head on his shoulders. I volunteered for his campaign a few times. He played the respectability politics game. He talked about how if he lost, he wanted to work with Cindy Allen. He talked about uh, all kinds of stuff like that. He didn't really take a strong position on like several issues. He didn't really attack her. And he fucking, you know, he lost, dude. He did lose. But see, my feeling with Eduardo Lara was that they weren't as willing to go and embrace some uh, positions, which I think would have been more popular with the organizers in Long Beach. 
and and gotten him more volunteer labor. Like if, like because if because if, let's be real, you know, the opposition, the establishment, they're going to get money. They get money. Mm-hmm. So if if you're going to try to run something that's left of center, you gotta you gotta throw bones to organizers in Long Beach if you want to get their labor behind what you're doing. More labor, you know, enough labor because like labor that comes out every week you know what i mean which i didn't i didn't really feel that strongly from eduardo laura's campaign yeah i didn't feel that either i didn't get that vibe that mass volunteer energy vibe to get everybody out there because because we don't got money we got people though exactly we got people great book all right suli sorrow beat d andrews in district six bye bye that's a positive I've chalked this one up as good as well because Suli Saro is, there's finally, finally going to be a Cambodian on the Long Beach City Council, the city with the most Cambodians outside of Cambodia. Where little Cambodia is in the city. Race and place matters. It fucking matters. And it's okay to fucking organize around race to push bigger values. Like we need to do that. Like that's the, that's the plan. And I'm glad that she won it using that plan. That district has been the Cambodian population of Long Beach has been gerrymandered to hell for years. They've basically been split between two districts, uh, District um, 6 and I believe 4 with D'Andrews. So, you know, they're represented by, I'm sorry, 6 was D'Andrews, 4 was Mr. Potato Head. What's his name? God, the boring one. Are you talking about Yoranga? No, 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 no. No, Yoranga's like 7, right? No, no, like the baked potato guy. Fuck. Um, Daryl Supernaw. God, I couldn't remember his name. They're represented by Daryl Supernaw <laughs> and D. Andrews. So it's like obviously not representing the Cambodian community. I am never going to get Mr. Potato Head out of my head. <laughs> Seriously, no. I look at him and I just think oh Mr. My potato Head. Like, there's not even that much to grab onto to hate there. It's like a smooth, slippery surface. Huge head. Definitely does. So, like, we're getting some progress in Long Beach, right? It's happening. There is hope. There is hope. Even though Al Austin beat Tanua in District 8, and that took a turn for the worse, uh, like sending out mailers, darkening up her skin, changing her smile to give her a scowl, like shit like that. That's like some old school Southern strategy politics going on. Wow, I didn't quite know those details, but you know, it is fitting for Al Austin, who famously, uh, you know, famous sexist on city council, uh, you know, lots of allegations of against him of uh, discrimination against women. Uh, he famously gave uh, rape whistles to, to Lena Gonzalez and Janine Pierce when they were council members trying to pass um, Measure WW or trying to pass a law to make it so that uh, hotel workers had a panic button. He was against that initiative. Uh, and, you know, after uh, it failed on city council for a Christmas present, he gave them fake rape whistles. So, you know, a real piece of shit. Wow. Holy, I did not know that. That is, that is shitty, shitty shit shit right there. Damn. As a guy, to fucking sit there, think it, order the fucking whistles, and then and give it to them. Like, got to be a special part of the patriarchy to do that, dude. Hey, man, oh. you got to be a lobbyist for a prison guard union, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the city council. What's next? Oh, yeah. There's something he wants to tell us. Yeah. Where is that waiter? Fucking, it's the worst waiter I've ever fucking had. Like, come on. Where's, like, is he? Gentlemen, 
How's the food? Horrible. Oh. Bad taste in my mouth here. Mm. Well, um, did you hear about Measure Us? Measure Us? Oh, Measure Us. That's right. Um, hey, everybody, we're getting an extra 15 cents on the barrel for oil as an oil tax. And guess where it goes? Where? Police and fire. Oh. Extra 1.6 for police and fire. Love hey, it. Before we spend too much time on this, I just want, I already did the math. It's about $3 million a year. I, who gives a shit? This was proposed during the uprisings when we were demanding defunding the police. And, um, you know, Rex Richardson and other people were a big booster of this measure. Like, look, we're not going to defund the police, but we will tax oil slightly to fund the police. We were like, yeah, we don't care. That extra 15 cents is a salve on all of our racial wounds. This is a fucking... I don't even know. It doesn't even doesn't even add up. Like, why even go through all this? This is just like a nothing measure to make them seem like they were doing something during the uprisings. I'll say this, though. I, I, I like it because I think it's a strategic misstep because it shows... Uh-huh. Uh, we can push them so much harder to legisl- to, to tax the oil companies. Because look, think about it. That's so much money we could get. And you look at other cities in L.A. County, they tax the oil refineries and companies so much more. Um, so I, honestly, I, I think it's not good. It's, it's a, we see it for what it is. But in terms of strategically and what we can then start to fight for... It's good. I think it opens a door, uh, floodgates, so to speak. Ah, uh, the well has been tapped. Nice. <laughs> and the pressure is rising. Uh, there you go. There you go. This restaurant's not so bad at all. Another round of Bloody Marys? Sounds good to me. Yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm also I found seeing- that Tabasco in my purse. For some reason, the waiter has left me a napkin here that has written that uh, Lena Gonzalez didn't do so well in her 33rd state Senate race, but I don't know. It seems like she kind of crushed her opponent, Elizabeth Castillo. Yeah, Elizabeth had an endorsement from Ground Game LA, and she seemed more progressive. She was willing to talk to us, but Lena, in the end, totally trounced her. It's, this is a weird one because I got a call saying Lena was a progressive, which is not the case the way she was on Long Beach City Council. But the way she voted was a pretty progressive voting record. So what what do we do with that? Do we trust the record or trust her past that we know in Long Beach? I don't know, dude. She's kind of... She plays the game, man. Like, she's, like, such an establishment politician. Like, sure, she... She has some good votes, but like, for God's sakes, like, she keeps getting millions of dollars of coal. She voted to let coal cars go through Long Beach without being covered. And then the coal and oil industry keep like donating to her every year. And every year she's like, please, guys, don't donate to me. Like, what? They're like, IE. Yeah. You know how IEs run. Dude, right. IEs, exactly. if you were, if she was actually voting against oil interest, would they be put funneling in all this money every year? Come on. I hear you. I hear you. The pushback was, is like the Democrats take ownership of that seat. 
and therefore they're going to spend money to win it regardless who's there and that's part of the game that like that muddies a progressive if they're trying to be progressive shit like that i'm not saying that's what the case is i'm just throwing it out there that's what i've heard yeah i i feel you what i'm always wary of is like thinking about relationships and how how relationships are built and what that means in terms of what a person's person's willing to do like there's no from what i can tell there's no public there's not strong public condemnation by lena are they crafting anything re you know oil companies coal companies phasing them out natural gas companies like i think that's a that's a big question and i would argue that you know resolving the climate crisis is very high priority very high priority it needs to happen sooner rather than later and if you're getting you know oh i'm not connected with them ies ies but if they're helping you get elected i don't know that relationship it's questionable it makes me question how far they're willing to go yeah i just think to like zoom in a little bit i guess on like more personally like the thing about lena gonzalez you have to remember is she's at the nexus of all the corruption in long beach right uh maybe not responsible for it all but she's suspiciously close and by that i mean her husband uh, worked with Cindy Allen at ETA Advertising for many years as they were getting uh, city council contract or sorry city contracts after the mayor got elected and started to you know throw the money. She was you know the city was giving contracts to the place her husband worked while she was a council member. Um, she also endorsed Cindy Allen. Like you know, there's no smoke without fire here, in my opinion. No doubt, no doubt, definitely, definitely a steaming pile of fire. All right, and I think I just want to pay the bill and get the fuck out of here. The food sucks. The coffee's horrible. My iced coffee is warm. Yeah, man, I thought doing this podcast episode of Brunch should be fun, but there's a lot of liberals here. You know, they're all wearing like uh, grab them by the Biden hats or whatever. Oh man, oh man, let's let's get out of here before they uh, they run us uh, into a position where we're feeling we're feeling the top cop. You know, let's get out yeah, of here. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, stopping by real quick to give you the bill. Also, uh, since we had a uh, little bit of a delay, you know, we're really busy. I'll be bringing by a uh, Charlie Kirk fathead cheesecake. All right. Okay. Dessert on the house. You know, we just want to leave Thank you, but no thank you. Uh, I don't think we'll be having that. Much appreciated, though. All right, gentlemen. Enjoy your day. Wow. All right, all right. We all know that brunch is fun. We all want to go back to brunch. What it comes down to is if you're listening out there and you're at brunch and you're enjoying this, this you think this is just entertainment? No, it's not. Ask, it's not. It's not just entertainment. Get off your ass. Get out the door. Join a community organization. Go push your electives. Go run insurgent candidates against your electives. We got we to gotta move pretty hard on all these fools that are against the working class, against black people, against trans people, you know, uh, lip service ain't enough. That's nope. what you gotta say. Exactly. Lip service ain't enough. Yeah, we're not just here liberals talking. We're actually out there doing the work. We are DSA members. Go join your local DSA. Go join your local BLM. There are plenty of groups out there doing the work. So please, Google it, look it up, get involved.
And please, unlike the guy in the crowd yes, next to me yesterday, if someone asks, hey, how do you want to get involved? Do not say I'm going to vote more. It is a crime to vote more than more than once in an election. So don't say that. Don't ever say that to me. Wow. Classic, dude. Don't fall into the voter trap, everybody. It's not good enough. Yeah. Voting is not good enough. And that's the call to action. <laughs> All right. Rate. Like, subscribe. I'm Vic. <laughs> I'm Jordan. And I'm Miles. Don't forget to ask yourself, wait. Why, Why am, am I, I talking? talking? <laughs>